here with the head coach and so many other positions for Beeman United, Mr. Gif Nadam. Close enough? Close enough. I'll take it. Gif, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing good. So walk me through, I've got several questions I want to talk to you about today, but kind of walk me through what is all of your roles within Beeman? Um, <laughs> that's a, that's it's everything, question. right? <laughs> you are Beeman. That, there you go. The whole auto group and everything, right? Um, I guess you could say I'm the owner, I'm the head coach, GM head coach, uh, the water boy, uh, the guy that picks up the trash. I mean, whatever that needs to be done. Um, yeah. Hey, now that part about trash, that is, that is true. I've seen you do that. <laughs> Again, I mean, uh, we, we yeah. have to leave the facility better than we found it. That's part of our, part of what we do. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess the better question should have been, what don't you do for the club at this point? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love getting involved in what we do. Um, I love learning um, from different folks that, that we get to partner with. So, um, you know, I'm one of those mindset that it doesn't matter what level, be it picking up trash or uh, coaching, um, you know, I'm not going to ask you to do something if I'm not if I'm not willing to do it. Gotcha. Yeah. And, you know, I think that permeates throughout your whole program, right? I think so. <laughs> I mean, you, you've seen us now for three seasons or going into our, uh, we're finishing our third season now. So I, I would hope that that's the, um, that's the legacy that was left behind. Absolutely. So Giff, uh, for the, the audience here in Kentucky that don't know, you know, who you are, um, Beeman United, um, UPSL, back-to-back champions of the Kentucky Tennessee Championship, uh, or no, conference, sorry, the Kentucky Tennessee Conference. Last spring, you made a deep run into the UPSL playoffs, making it all the way to the national final, only to to lose out. Um, but then you came back last fall and made another run to the round of 16. Yes, sir. Nailed it. Did see? I did my research. You did. Um, and you're doing very well so far this year. Um, I believe you've locked up first place in the Kentucky-Tennessee Conference, correct? Yes, sir. Awesome. So, you know, you'll be hosting throughout the, the playoffs and looking to make another run. Uh, you know, talk to me about your your playing career and your coaching career before you got to Beeman. Yeah. So um, I came to the U.S. with my family as a refugee, uh, 12 and a half, 13 year old. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we came to Memphis and from Memphis, um, we found ourselves in Nashville, lived in different projects. Um, right. You know, so um, uh, with God's help and um, the right people uh, along the way, uh, I found myself at Trevecca. Um, yeah. And I played at Trevecca. Uh, I joined, uh, when I finished my undergrad, I joined, uh, I was asked to join the, the men's program as a grad assistant. And I did that while I do my, my first master's. Um, Bert, you know, it's, how many you got? Uh, only three. What the? <laughs> Hold on. Now let's compare resumes. So I have uh, I have one master's. You have three. Hold on. Something's going on here. I need to step up to your level. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say uh, I, um, I like to punish myself uh, um, in the classroom. Educate yourself. Is that what they call it? Is uh, That's what me and all my colleagues call it. We like to educate <laughs> ourselves. No, but... I guess for me and most folks that have the same mindset, I would say, um, 
when you get into coaching and volunteering and, and getting involved in, in, in young, uh, young people's life or family life, you'll learn quickly that, um, you know, if little Johnny has whatever issues from what mom and dad's going through or whatever the, the family's going through, they bring that to practice with them. Uh, they don't, just like adults, when they, when we go to work, we don't leave uh, problems at the door. We'd like to leave it at the door, but it comes with us. Um, yeah. You know, the kids do the same. They, they bring it to the soccer field. And um, quickly, I wanted to, uh, uh, that's what pushed me to do my first master's uh, in religion, uh, to better understand not just who I am or who I'm called to be, and how I can continue to 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 be uh, uh, someone that's adding value and helping families solve problems. Um, only to finish that degree to learn that I didn't know much about anything, but I had to learn some more. <laughs> right, you got to take that to the whole another level, and now you got to learn ten voices. It's like, wait, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Trevecca is great. Uh, that's my alma mater, and um, you know, it, it's a great school, great Christian school in down the heart of Nashville. But I finished that degree, and the program was great. The school was great, but I, I was—I finished a course in the entire program, and I said to myself, "Wow, there's so much I did not know." Um, you know, especially when you start looking at youth, youth ministry and, and, and counseling and all these different aspects of of what is part of life. Um, so that's what pushed me to go back to do my seminary degree, uh, uh, because again, I, I wanted to better understand, you know, um, how I can. Um, you, you can't give what you don't have, right? Um, Truly, I, I had to pour into myself so that when I step, um, when I stepped on the field or step into community events or whatever the case might be, that I was able to to give back uh, the way that uh, I feel called to give back. Um, and then the final one, the MBA was just more for, I mean, pivoting out of um, teaching and coaching um, uh, into healthcare that I'm in now. Although I didn't really pivot out of coaching, I found myself right back at it. Uh, right. Not, I, was, not, I was thinking that as you were saying, I was like, no, you didn't have it out of coaching. Well, well, Jimmy, that was the thought where we, when, when we, my family, my family and I, my wife and I were, were praying through what to do next. That was a thought process. That we're going to pivot out of teaching and coaching and go into healthcare on it to finish a degree and started working in healthcare and went straight back into coaching. So I was like, and she's like, did you pivot or did you just add to it? Like, baby. We're here. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, yeah, you brought up some things that we had kind of previously talked about on another episode with the Midway's head coach, uh, Tim Wolves. You know, he talked about, you know, being called to coaching and stuff like that and really feeling like, you know, there's more to this than just being um, the coach. Like you have to be so much more uh, for them. Now, if you haven't watched that episode, this is for you, Gif, or anyone watching this. Please go back and watch it. There's a heartbreaking story that Tim tells, and every time, man, it punch right in the gut. Mm. Um, but uh, and Tribeca, great soccer tradition, especially in the city of Nashville. Right, um, I actually covered them. They came, their uh, women's team came up here to the WKU seven on seven tournament this past February, March, something like that, uh, and they were so spirited, like. They were they didn't perform their best that day. I'll say it that way, um, but they they were very spirited. They were very collegiate. Like they were all cheering for each other. They had I think they had two teams in that tournament. You know, as soon as one was done, the other team was cheering them on. Like it was a great showing for them. It doesn't surprise me at all. Um, it's it's the culture of the school. It doesn't matter what program you're part of. Um, the, the the team spirit, the togetherness. Uh, you'll see it. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, over the years now, and I've, I'm I'm somewhat removed from the 
the program in the school because I, I don't have any hair. That's back when I had hair. Uh, I went Brother, me too. I ain't, I ain't got none of that either. <laughs> but, you know, like I've, I've supported different events and um, been to several different games, be it soccer or basketball, different sports. Um, but you see the same thing. You team the togetherness, you team the, the, the team spirit, you know, our, our AD uh, done an incredible job to bring on um, coaching staff that have the same mindset um, of meeting young people where they are and helping them get to where God's called them to be. So, no, it's a, it's a good school to be part of. If you're looking, I don't work for Treveca. I did go to Treveca, but if you're looking right. for a school in Nashville, uh, Treveca would be a great choice. I had a great experience. I mentioned earlier, uh, one of three degrees from there. Um, feel free to go do four if you want. Um, um, but yeah, wow. So they should definitely be paying you to be like an ambassador of some kind with this story. <laughs> I don't know if they have to pay me to, to say what are you doing for free. I mean, I either way, I'm just saying I had a good experience. Um, th- there was a young man that was trying to find his way uh, after coming here, um, from uh, a war torn um, part of Nigeria I came from and coming as a refugee. And, with all the different stuff that was going, I was experienced at that time, new culture, new way of life, trying to understand uh, what life looked like as a young teenager uh, in the U.S. with little to no English. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older, looking back, my time at Trebekah was a, it was a blessing. Um, and I'm, I'm fortunate for that. So no, Trebekah did not pay me to say any of this. Um, they don't need to pay me to say <laughs> what I'm down here. No, but really, this is the truth. I mean, it's, it's a great school and I had a great, great time there. Play with some great uh, individuals and played under Jeff Carr. Um, you know, I, till today, uh, there are pieces of what I learned, not just in the classroom, but also on the field that uh, is still with me. I mean, I mean, I, it, literally when I think of Trevecca men's soccer, I hear Jeff Carr, Coach Jeff Carr, um, love God, love each other, love the game. Like he repeats that so much that even if you were there for just one day or one week, you're not going to forget that phrase. Uh, oh, doesn't sound so, like you ever have. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, but I played there, so you. I mean, but when you describe the experience that you saw from those teams, it's it's a no brainer. I mean, that's my mind goes like, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. That's that's what I experienced while I was there. Um, and Tribeca, if you're looking to sponsor a soccer based podcast, I mean, we're not in Nashville, but I might as well be. So come on. Like, uh, I'll take that money. Um, anyway, what were some of your like playing highlights, like especially at Tribeca, or you know, did you play any professionally afterwards or anything like that? Yeah, I don't know about highlights. Um, you know, I Dang. I don't know about highlights. I mean, I, I pretty much played wherever I was needed. Um, I mean, I played as a center back, I played as a holding mid, I played in the middle. Um, you know, I I always wanted to be one of those guys that. You know, I just wanted to play and I wanted to contribute to help my team win. So I don't know, like, I mean, people have mentioned, you know, hey, a good player, great job, you know, those kind of stuff. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not wired to to think of like highlights, but when I do step on the field, I, I mean, I, 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 there's no doubt that Giff feels like he's one of the best players on the field and I, I need to, my work rate is to play at that level. Um, so, uh, from that sense, from when I was working at mastering my craft, yeah, I mean, I have my game day, um, routines that I go through and when I step on the field, no, my job is to win my duels and contribute and add value to my team and, and so forth. But I mean, I, yeah, I mean, when I think of highlights, it would be overall how the team performed and how we were together. Um, 
again, there's that togetherness again. Um, but again, these are words and phrases that come to mind when I look back in my playing days at Tribeca. No, like five goal game or anything like that. Um, our captain, Mark Foster, uh, I, I know he's coaching now, um, collegiately. I mean, he was our forward. So, I mean, most of what we did, you know, we, 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 it wasn't more of an individual highlight, you know, the, the years that I played, it, it was more, it, it, there was a lot more teamness, I guess I, I could say. We won games, uh, don't get me wrong, you know, um, but I just don't, when we did beat teams more than a couple of goals, it was not something that was like, hoorah, celebrate it. You know, like there was still a sense of, hey, you know, can we get back at this again and can we repeat uh, something similar, if not better, you know? So it was never like, I don't know. I'm not sure if Coach Carr was like um, at the root of encouraging us to not showboat or whatever the, the word is for it. But right. you know, it, we win or we lost. We looked at what we did, what, what we need to improve on, and we went to the next game. Uh, and it, that was the mentality. So after a couple of weeks of preseason, you'll know what's in your pot pretty quickly. <laughs> hey, right, right. Coach is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so kind of talk to me about you know the end of you know your playing career the beginning of your coaching career but still before you you got to beeman um i know i saw you were at international for a while can I talk to me about like that phase of gift um wow yeah that's uh that 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 was a fun phase of life um it seems like forever ago now but uh i think i was finishing my mba at that point i um Worked with our back then owner Pedro Reyes and uh, Richie Askey was the head coach, and they reached out to me to come join the, the organization there as the GM um, to help build that team. And that team went on to the Final Four, I believe, of the UPS NPSL. Oh, sorry, um, oh, but I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was a fun team to be. I mean, like there there are some amazing players that play on that team. Um, you know, it's. Yeah, so it, it was a great time. Uh, I was there for two seasons uh, when that time ended. Um, uh, my wife and I were having, uh, I believe, a boy that's almost four years old now. So we had to take a step back um, and, and, and restructure our family and look at what this new being that's coming into our, our lives was going to do and try to process what that looks like as much as one can process and take on a new member of your family. Uh, so, yeah, um, that was a busy time of, the, of, of life, working full time. Uh, managing that team um, while finishing my MBA and having a new family, a new member to the family. Pardon my ignorance on like Nashville semi-professional soccer because I do, I, I know some, but I don't know a lot. That's not like the same group that was doing like Nashville Metros or anything like that, was it? No, the Nashville Metros, actually, I, I actually played for the Nashville Metros. Did you really? Uh, a while back. Yeah, you're taking me that memory lane now. Um, Strong chance I saw you play then. And I used to come to a lot of their games. Uh, maybe. I don't know which games we came to, but I played for the National Metros uh, back in the day. Uh, but no, uh, the Metros was not the same as International. Uh, okay. And International has nothing to do with NSC that is not the MLS team. So those are three right. different entities. Yes, sir. Hmm. Whatever happened yeah. to Metro Nashville? Like Nashville SC just kind of came in and swept it up before moving into the MLS? Um, I don't think the metros were swept up. I think the metros were gone when the Nashville SC came in the picture. Gone by that time. Okay. Check fact that. Um, yeah. Fact check us down in the comments of this yeah, video. Please. Let us know exactly 
that time because I remember specifically the last season of the Metros because I went. I think that was 2012. Correct. Um, I actually did my bachelor party in Nashville that I got married in that summer. I did my bachelor party in Nashville. We went to a game um, before doing some other activities that one does in Nashville uh, and having a good time. Um, but like, I remember it was a lot of fun. That was the year that I think they changed their colors to that purple and black with the, the AT&T building logo and stuff like that. Great atmosphere. Always enjoyed it. But you know, I just, I didn't understand at that time why they couldn't jump up to the MLS and then boom, a couple of years later, like two years later, now they have Nashville. Is it FCSC? One was the USL team. One's the MLS team. I get them confused. Yeah, there was a there was actually before that there was a um and again fact checked right um there was a, a MPSL team in town that did well uh, and that MPSL team was what turned into the USL championship team that was here for a couple of years in that um that uh, USL championship team then turned into the MLS team yeah gotcha cool so thank you for that history lesson now you can add being a soccer Nashville soccer historian to your resume. Oh my gosh! No, please, uh, whoever's watching, please fact check. I don't, well, I don't want to quote the wrong thing. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, please fact check. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing in the wrong timeline. But yes, sir. So then, uh, this opportunity comes up with Beeman. You, you know, you jump in, you become the coach, and you know all of this stuff. You all have immediate success, right? Talk to me about how you got the team together and to stay together for that first year, making it all the way to the national final. No, that's it. I mean, funny enough, that same group is still here. <laughs> it is. I mean, the core of that group is still here. We've had some folks that has transitional transition out, um, for one reason or the other, uh, uh, a bit older family, uh, getting married, different things that life throws at you and, or, um, working full-time and can't do it anymore. So it, it just, life has happened to some of us uh, differently. Uh, but for the most part, the, the team is still, I would say a good 70% of the same team is still here, um, if not more. Um, but no, I, it's been a great experience. Um, you know, for me, like most of those guys are folks that I play with after college um, and I play with in different tournaments and, and locally in the league. So, um, you know, it, it's, it, it was fun as I've gotten older to look back at the relationship that continued. Um, you know, obviously Michael Reed did not play in locally in our league. Uh, he was a Nashville former captain, uh, but having Reed and Poku um, does help. Um, but how did for anyone that wasn't, huh? Like, how did you meet them and then convince them to be like, hey, look, I'm starting this new thing. Y'all should join. And then they said, yes. How did you do that? Um, God is good. The devil is mad. Um, so definitely that foundation. <laughs> God is good. The devil is bad. How about that? Um, no, I mean, Poku and I are, we've been friends for a really long time. Um, and you, if you've read any of the articles that he, in any of the podcasts or any of the stuff that he's uh, put out, um, in the different interviews throughout the course of the season, the seasons thus far, uh, he talks about relationship, our friendship. Um, and even when he went to different parts of the, um, of the country to play professionally, even outside the U S to play professionally, that we were, we were still in touch. Um, 
So it was a no brainer when uh, I reached out to him and said, Hey, what are you thinking? You know, I'm thinking about this. What does that look like? Um, you know, uh, yeah, for him to come back to Nashville, he only had one request, by the way. Um, uh oh, what was that? He said, he said, Do you know Michael Reed? I said, Well, I know of Michael Reed. Like, I watch him on TV. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I watch him on TV. I was watching him a few weeks ago, you know, at Nashville SC game, or I mean, last season, sorry. And the SSC game, um, yeah, because I know him through some mutual friends, like know of him through some mutual friends. At, at that point, I didn't know who Reed was personally, but I knew of him. Uh, he said, well, I want to play with Reed. I was like, uh, one, I don't know Reed. Um, and I've only seen him on <laughs> Find TV. Find out. Um, I do. Yeah, he's like, no, no. He's like, boss, I want to play with Reed. Uh, he said, I played a gay exhibition game with him. I don't know how long that was before this conversation we were having at the time, but so yeah, I want to play with Reed. Like, okay, I, I hear that, but uh, how do we do that? He said, well, I'm sure you'll find a way to make it happen. I will oh, play no, that's not. He was like, wait, why is this on me? <laughs> so, uh, uh, not to put everything out there. Um, yeah, I'll sell no, this. You guys know your secrets. I'll just come this <laughs> secret everyone knows we play with us it's yeah. not a secret but for the sake of time i should say um you know i called a friend that i thought would have his number um and i said hey um do you have reed's number and he goes michael reed i was like yeah michael reed uh he goes yeah is everything all right i was like yeah uh, i'd like to talk to him he said okay i'll send it to you so he said it to me and I called Reed and he said, who is this? I said, this is Gift. And he said, who? And I was like, Gift. I said, you can keep asking that question. It's not going to ring a bell. You don't know me. <laughs> like, and if he's asking me who twice, I was like, friend, you can ask me as many times as you want. Nothing is going to come to your memory because you do not know me. Uh, right. So we, we kind of, you know, that's how we started. We giggled. Uh, and I told him who sent me, Poku. Uh, and he goes, all right. Okay. I do know uh, Poku. I said, yes. So. Long story short, um, that's how we got connected. And I told him of the project and some of the things that we had in mind, um, not just with the first team, but with the academy as well. Um, and if you know Reed, you know, he's down to earth, uh, hard worker. Uh, he's someone that's mastered his craft at a very high level um, and just a great dude to be around. Um, got to know him. I mean, we, we connected a few times after that. And, you know, you guys know the rest. He played with us, coached with us. Um, was academy director for a while um, for for the uh, for the academy. So yeah, no, um, we wouldn't be where we where we are today uh, without Reed, without Poku, and everyone else that was part of that, that group the first year. Although the core is still here. So talking about how your coaching style plays into the success of your team, right? You kind of talked about a little bit of who influenced you earlier, but specifically, what about your coaching style makes you so effective? You know. Hey, that's a loaded question. I, for me, no, um, that, that is a loaded question. I mean, what, not like it's a bad loaded question. It just means that you, I don't know if you have the time to get into all the weeds of why. Uh, I got all night. <laughs> of course you do. You're why I did my, my coming in here a second. I might need to go help at the house. I might need to go help with bedtime and bedtime routine reading and, and all that good stuff here in a bit. But no, we're, we're good. She knows I'm up here and, um, she's like make sure you lock the door so they don't come into the office like come join the podcast they would love absolutely they would love them. absolutely um 
But no, we've got two great boys. Sam is almost four and Josh has turned two back in January. And I think when we talked earlier today, you were hearing Sam express himself. So uh, he's, he's, uh, he's all boy. It's not a story. stories. You know, I, I think I should get a book and write some of his phrases. So when he gets older, I can, oh, oh, and just yeah. say, yeah, this is what you said. We were, we were trying to explain this to you. Or this is where you came. Anyways, back to the topic. Uh, coaching style. You know, I, um, I'm a firm believer that um, the game, it's his, it's, it's his own best teacher. Um, and if you want to perform at, at the highest or whatever level you're called to perform at, you have to be willing to put in the work to master your craft for that specific level, right? Um, you can't master a craft to play in the UPSL and then want to go play in the MLS. It, it, that's just not going to work, right? You know, so um, I challenge myself. I challenge everyone on the team um, with the help of Poku and Reed. Um, you know, like what is the goal for this season, and how do we define success? That's, that's one of the first things that we wanted to do. And you were saying, well, why would you want to set a vision for a soccer team? And why would you want to set values, you know, for a soccer team? Um, why would you want to set these things? I, I mean, I think it's important. Uh, yeah. It, so that's kind of what we culture, right? That we, we have to. I mean, we're, yeah, you could argue that most of those guys and I were friends already, but it's not easy coaching your friends. I, it can't be. Like, it's I know it's hard even working with like friends or becoming friends with coworkers. I couldn't imagine trying to coach them. Yeah, like you, it's not easy coaching your, anyone that wants to go coach your friends, be ready to not have friends. Yeah. But luckily for me, the folks that my, my wife and their wives were hanging out, they're still hanging out. The birthday parties that we used to go to, to each other's birthday parties and hang out at the park and do different things and walk life together. It's still there. We're still doing the same thing. So, but that, that doesn't happen if you're not strategic in how you lay a foundation for what kind of team you want to have. Every, I mean, how many teams are in our conference? I mean, like nine, eight, nine ten teams some season? Yeah. Well, right. some right. season up to 11. There you go. So um, we're not unique in the sense that, oh, um, just because you're a team out of the Kentucky Tennessee division, you're going to do, no, no. Like, it wasn't easy our first year to make it out of the group being the, our first season. It's yeah. a meeting. That's a yeah. team to beat. Like, it, yeah. there are a lot of ex-pros on that team, you know, so to go toe-to-toe with them and retain possession for 50, 60 plus percentage of the time and force them to park the bus and force a lot of people to park, it, that's not something you do just waking up saying, well, I've got Pope and I've got Reed. No, that's two of 11. <laughs> like, you're going to have a whole team. In your right back, even, I don't care how good they are. If I'm your right back, you're not winning. Right. You know, so, I mean, like, when we talk about simple things like honor honor our time together, just being on time, right? It sounds simple, but like if practice starts at 7, sorry, 7.30, and we're asking to be there at 7.15 to allow you time to fully get there. I mean, in the pro level, you may have to get there an hour or two hours before, right? So at the UPSL level, knowing that you're not getting paid to do this, um, if if you can't get here 15 minutes before to make sure you're ready to go at 7.30, maybe you're not ready to master your craft at the UPSL level, Right. Um, and then bring your adult self to every single thing we do. Bring your adult self. It sounds simple. It sounds like silly, but no, like we come here, we come here to get better. People that are here are here to master their craft. Uh, and the third and final one is we enter as one team. We leave as one team losing at the sweet 16 last season or losing the final, uh, the season before, it doesn't matter. There was one team that entered. There's one team that left. Now, obviously 
if you've been part of any team that competes at any level, um, you'll learn that when you experience massive disappointment as such, um, when you work really hard to get to that point, the locker room after that game, it's not a place where you want to be. Not because guys are mean or whatever. It's just like, it's just sad. Like it, everything they work hard to, to earn. And if you were with us that first season, dude, there were games we were down 2-0, 3-0. And we would come back and win 6-3, 4-2. Yeah. And like, you know, so like you do that a lot in the playoffs too. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So this is the brothers. That the Georgia team, uh, yeah. that was the one you were down three zero at half. Down three zero at half. Yes, sir. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of wrote you all off. I was. I saw the score and I was like, "Well, not tuning in now." No, but I, I said to them at halftime and I said, "Listen, whether we're supposed to be here or not, that's not the point. We're here. We give up three goals. If they can score three in one half, we can score three in the second half. All I'm asking is, we stick together and we work hard." to get the first goal and not give up any goals. Once we get the first, do not celebrate too long, but hang on to that feeling, honestly use that feeling to create the second goal. When you get the second one, do not give up a goal because you have the right to give up a goal or not. You choose to do that. Do not give up a goal. Once you score the second goal, the feeling from the first, the feeling from the second, use those two combined to get a third. Yep. Now, if you want to go and get a fourth and win a regular time, that's up to you. Yeah. If you want to go into overtime and do it in overtime, that's up to you. Whatever you want to do at that point, feel free. The only thing you don't have my permission to do is to give up. You do not have my permission to give up. Mm. That's that was my halftime speech. Um, you know, but I mean, they responded well. And the guys, well, even wanted to say, wait, are you going to address some of the things that broke? No, no. We're going to stop giving up dumb goals. If I'm going to score one, remember that feeling, do it again. Remember that said feeling and do it again. And if you want to score the four, do it. If you want to take the extra time, that's up to you guys. But you do not have my permission to give up. Well, I think that really permeates throughout your team, right? Like, I can see that from this season. You know, the BGFC Beeman game from the regular season, BGFC was up two with, what, 15, 18 minutes left, something like that. And then, boom, Beeman gets, gets one back. And then it literally at that moment, the energy on that field flipped. Right. Like it went from all BGFC for 75, 78 minutes to all of a sudden, oh, we just woke up the giant and, you know, it drew 2-2. Lucky to keep it at 2-2, I will say. Because <laughs> um, there was some good performances by the keeper for BGFC in that match to keep it 2-2. Uh, but... um. So when you're in the locker room and you're giving one of those speeches, whether you're down 3-0, up 4-0, because you had those matches too, right? Um, what is the biggest challenge for coaching at this level? With you, well, let me let me rephrase that specifically with your team, because like you do have a really good UPSL team. A gift, like I'll sing your praises. You all made it to the U.S. Open Cup. That is rare for a UPSL team to do. You right. played a heck of a game against Des Moines. Um, didn't go your way, but hey, you still made it to the the full tournament, not the play-in portion. Right. How, or I'm sorry, what is the biggest challenge that you'd face at this level? I mean, the biggest challenge we'd face uh, for me would have to be just finding strategic ways to meet each of our team members where they are. 
right? These are adults that has full-time work. Some of them yeah. work full-time and coach part-time. Some of them have little babies at home. Some of them have little babies on the way. Some of them have kids that are teenagers and they have their lives and they're trying to be after work and after coaching to be involved in their kids' event. So like trying to meet each player where they are and and helping them um, still be part of the, the the goal and the mission, the vision, the values that we put in place, you know, it, it can be a struggle. I mean, we had yeah. um, one of our players uh, that scored a lot of goals for us our first season. I mean, he had, I think, I'm not sure how old Eric's son was, but he had a baby. And I mean, it's easy for me to have two little boys uh, to take them on the road or miss out on a lot of stuff. But if you don't own the team, or you're a yeah. player and you, you are, you are a breadwinner for your family. There's only a set number of games that you're going to be able to miss. I mean, there's a set number of uh, work stuff or, like, family stuff that you can really miss to go play soccer at that age. Like, yep. I mean, like, and Eric Fernandez, my word, he played pro or play at the next level. He was at every single practice. He was at, at I mean, like, at a lot more things that I thought. When we met and we talked at the beginning, it was a lot more stuff throughout the course of the season than what I thought he was going to be able to do just because they were a young family. They just had a baby. Um he was commuting, for, what is it, 30 plus 40 minutes to and to and from practices. Yeah, I mean, like, the commitment from the guys was impressive. And these, they weren't getting paid. But the, core, the, the mission, the value that we, we put out, we, I mean, we wrote this stuff on the board. And we said, this is what we stand by. We don't want to get into fights. We don't want to get involved in this. We don't want to get involved in this. This is what and you mentioned earlier. Or you're winning three or four zero at half. The score is not what defines us. We define ourselves by the values that we preset as to what we stand for, right? So we could be up 6-0, down 3-0. That's not who we are. No. I will concede the fact that that's who we are in that moment, but we don't let that moment define who we are. Uh, because who we are has been something that we've been working at throughout the course of the season. Um, and as that moment happens, our goal is can we get back to who we know we are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I really respect about you, like uh, fully breaking like the fourth wall of journalism for a second. But like, <laughs> I, I really do appreciate that mindset about you because, like, you know, you've got a talented group, right? Even some of your reserves would be starters on most, if not all, other UPSL teams, right? But you, you and your team have a mindset of like, what are you know? There are bigger goals here. There are bigger things that are happening in life in soccer uh in everywhere right so that's one of the things that i really do appreciate about you and how you you know formed your team there in bima yeah and there have been great players that have come through our program that didn't stay long guys that play at the very very highest level in this country they didn't stay long it you know um but to your point it, it's it starts with me um it, it, you mentioned earlier see me pick up trash i've picked yeah. up worse things than trash i mean like i, I have like I, I do because here's a here's a fact Whatever, whatever I allow to be a norm is what they're going to do. Yeah. Right. Um, if I'm a coach that uh, encourages foul language and encourages um, um, disruption and chaos, guess what? My team will be chaotic, and my team will play chaotic, and they're looking for any moment to express themselves in that way, shape, or form. But if I'm someone that says, "Listen," I appreciate your God-given talent, but this is who we are. You know, um, and this if this is not what you want to do, please, with all due respect, 
don't waste your time, don't waste my lead now. Right. You know, um, I, I think in our very first season, if you go on a U and fact check, please, go on the UPSL website, I think we had over 55 people register roster with our team. Ooh. Yes. A lot, when we were winning, a lot of guys wanted to be part of it, wanted to show up to training, and they were like, oh, this ain't for me. Yeah, of course it's not for you. It's not for right. everyone. <laughs> right. It's not so. It does bring up um, another good question, right? Like, how do you all stand out in the Nashville market, right? Because traditionally, good God, there's like four or five teams in Nashville in our conference, right? There's you all. There's been Iterbita in the past. There's been Coptic. What trash of a team that was. Uh, there's Nashville Knights. There's Nashville Now. Like, how does Beeman, other than winning, obviously, right? Like, that attracts a lot. How do you all stand out in a very competitive market? Well, but it goes back to our values, right? The guys that come to us, they 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 come to us because we're winning. But then when they get here, they see what it takes to win. Some of them stay, and some of them decide to leave, right? Um, everyone, including myself, if we're truly honest with ourselves, we love the winning team. Unless you're just from a small town and you want to support an underdog, and you you're part of an underdog story, right? But most right. people love a, a, a team that's winning. Right, like not who I see. Our number ten is killing it right now. I think he's like the second guy in the MLS with the most goals. And like, yeah, when he steps on the field, or like, I'm going crazy for him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love winning teams, and I love players that suffered and sacrificed to master their craft. The problem is, people see that and they think it's easy to do. Right. It takes a lot of discipline from sleep, from staying out of certain things, to eating habits uh, to practices. Uh, I mean, I could, the list just goes on and on and on, right? There are so many things that you, I mean, you suffer, 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 suffer. You can't see my head anymore, but like you just keep suffering until you, you can't suffer only to like be seen this much yep. of the fruit of the labor. But that little five, 10 second, two hour game that, that literally feels like you touch the ball for like less than a minute or two minutes or less than two minutes, it's so enjoyable when your team wins. Right. You know, like no one sees the hard work that these guys put in behind the scenes. No one sees like when stuff does hit the fan, we're down three zero at half, two zero at half, one zero at half, or what we get knocked out of the open cup after making it through uh into the like those are heartbreaking moments. Those are heartbreaking moments. Yeah. But those heartbroken moments is what we look at to say, okay, this is what we did to get there. Okay, we want to get there again and get past there. How do we do so? Our core values is what helps us do that. Hmm. You're an awesome gift. Like, I, I, I get it. I see why the team, like, you know, why players want to come there. Obviously, again, the winning, that comes, right? But, like, I see why people really like working with you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've really enjoyed, I mean, the group, the group we have is phenomenal. Um, and we have a lot of folks that want to join. And I, like, at first, we wanted to charge for tryouts. You know, I'm like, no, don't charge them for tryouts unless they wanted to come for the like the the all out tryout they wanted. Like, yeah. You want to come and try out? There's no charge. Come try out. If it's for you, you'll find out pretty quickly. If it's not for you, you'll find out pretty quickly. And usually, we give people more than one day because the first day is kind of a shell shock. Like, oh wow, right, it's intense. But yeah, super competitive. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, getting fitness done, box to box after training, and different things, and like you're like. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, this is our life. You know, like you think it's easy to 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 be on top of this table three seasons back to back? No, it's not. <laughs> like, right. 
You know, and no one is chasing number two. Everyone is chasing the team that's number one. I don't care right. what level you're playing, UPSL, MPSL, USL, NISA, Championship, MLS. To be, to be, to win your conference, not one season, not two seasons, but with the hope of doing this third season, that's not something that's easy to do. You have to have a group of guys that are committed, committed to the same cause. Absolutely. Speaking of this season, currently sitting at the top of the table, locked in, right? You all have finished your regular season, yes? I think so. Something like yeah. that. <laughs> you just know, you just roll the ball out there and start playing. No, I do. No, I'm just being silly. We, we are at the top first. And we are top of the table. Yes. Um, kind of talk to me about what... I'm trying to phrase my question right. So there, there is a bit of a rivalry between you all and BGFC. We refer to it as the 231 Derby, Highway 231 being the the former before the interstate was invented, when, you know, back in the day. That was the main road that connected Bowling Green and Murfreesboro. Um, so that's why we call it the 231 Derby. Also paying homage to the Western Kentucky University, Middle Tennessee rivalry, but I couldn't steal their name. So I went with their old name. <laughs> uh, talk to me about what is that competitive environment what does that mean to you all at Beeman? And what do you all hope to continue to, to have in the future? Yeah, so I mean, similar to what I said about the first season, the second season, um, and then even about the entering the Open Cup and making it to Open Cup proper, every single season, we're not looking at whoever is in our conference. We're looking at the core values that we put in place and what that looks like. The expectation is high, and it's high intentionally. We don't look at it to be there as our mark. We don't look at Bowling Green as our mark. We don't even look at last season in summer. Every season is different. But we do look at our core values. If we won X number of games and lost in the national championship our first season, yeah, we want to do that again. But there might be things along the way that we could tweak and adjust uh, and, and improve upon. We're looking at those things. Our goal is, can we be the best version of ourselves this season? Now, obviously, we want to be number one. Right. right but how do you become number one? Uh, obviously, we want to be... <laughs> you know, and we, and we want to win our conference. We want to win the round of 32 and so forth. But everything starts with the, with the first practice. Then once that first practice is done, that first week is done, then it's the next week. And then it's the next week. And then it's the next game. And then the next game. Right now, I'm not looking at the conference championship. Yeah. They gave up. The, we've worked hard to earn uh, the, the buy for this weekend with the five teams, which congrats to all five teams that makes it into the, the um, into the playoff, that's not easy to do. There are teams that are not there. Um, but the, for us to get a buy as a number one seed going into this this uh, spring-summer playoff, I mean, that took work. It, it, it is did. confusing, by the way, because you start in March and then you're going to end in, like, what, August for the, yes. the Final Four? Yes. Spring season? Okay, what? Right. Um, but it, our goal is we, we, we look at what – what it is that we set out to do that season, one practice at a time, one week at a time, one game at a time. I'm not looking at the conference championship right now. We're looking at who are we going to play um, in the semifinals. And when that game finishes, assuming we win, um, then who do we play in the, the conference champions, championship? When we win that game, then we'll look at who is the champion for the Georgia division and who are we playing. And we'll do the research there. What do they look like? What do they play like? What's their tendencies? What are they good at? And, and what are they not good at? What can we pay close attention to? So, national championship, yes, it would be nice to get there, but you don't get there 
by looking at that, you get there by taking care of the little things now. The little things is what's some of the big thing. And that's really what everything we do is about. Yeah, and just giving time of, or context for a time of recording, you know, right now the four or five team that you would play looks to be some combination of PCDA Black, probably at the four, Puma's probably at the five, but I think St. Louis Fusion may sneak in there. Uh, if I'm going to take a pick, uh, I would probably say PCDA for Pumas uh, at the five. Just guessing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll put it in the bottom line, you know, before this starts, if uh, if they actually made it or not. No, uh, uh, Fusion is technically out. They got beat, oh, they? I believe, three to one by St. Louis. Um, yeah, so they're, they're out. There is a good chance that um, Pumas will finish out in the fifth seed. Uh, and then uh, PCDA block, uh, I mean, something, I, I don't know. They should finish on the fourth place. Sure. Um, uh, and then the, the two, three would be the winner of the uh, Bowling Green St. Louis game. Absolutely. St. Louis yeah. City Academy, the MLS Academy team. Yes, sir. I'd like to Sorry, put that in. Corrected. No, yes. no it's, not, it's for the audience. Because like, I, I think that is interesting, like, within all of the UPSL, you know, so uh, Atlanta United has a team in the UPSL St. Louis City uh, I think Austin uh, LA Galaxy like there are so many of these MLS club teams in that have you know youth teams or um, U23 teams in the UPSL I think it's it's awesome no I think it's a great thing right we've got an MLS team in town hey, um, yep. I mean I don't I'm not part of that organization uh, that incredible organization I should say but it would be nice if you know if they had a, a team that was in the UPSL I mean to get young people playing against grown men that play in the MLS or playing the U.S. Championship, uh, League One, NISA, you name it, or guys that are aspiring to play at the next level. I, I mean, it's good to play against kids your own age, but yeah. we all know this game at the highest level, it's got nothing to do with age. It's all about skills um, and who's mastered their craft and, and, and can perform at that level and under that pressure. So getting young players to play uh, at that level uh, in the UPS, I think is huge. Um I'm putting a plug in. Uh, I know I don't, again, I don't represent uh, the Cincinnati team, but um, get with the UPSL and see if you can join the Kentucky Tennessee division. Uh, I would love to see you guys Let's in go. the conference. Um, yeah. I think the more better teams that we have in a Kentucky Tennessee division, um, the better our conference is. Uh, uh, Tennessee Temple that we are now, would love to see more and more teams that are, that are, that are, that are strong. Uh, I, I, I think of all the teams in our conference, and no disrespect to any other team in our conference, the St. Louis team uh, by far uh, is a team that you know, like, wow, that's a fun team to play. You know, it, it feels it feels like you're watching a professional game when we play each other. You know, the the the, the in possession, out of possession, the tactical awareness from both sides, and and just the movement off the ball, the patterns of play. You you can, and I mean, now obviously I'm biased because Tennessee Temple is playing. Um, I play in St. Louis, but I can actually sit down and take notes and enjoy the game. And so I can go into the locker room at halftime and say, hey, guys, in possession, we did one, two really well. Out of possession, we did one, two. Not so what we need to improve on. Out of possession, wow, one, two really well. Out of possession, one, two not really well. Can we address these? And here's how we address these. Some other games, when you're winning five, six, seven, eight, zero, <laughs> you know, like, I hate to say it, but you almost, you, you, you literally have to go back to your core values. Hey guys, we yeah. can't lower the bar because we're playing so-and-so. We have to maintain our integrity on what we say we are about. And if you're not going to do that today, I'm going to, I'm going to have to solve you. 
Yeah. You know, so I, I I hate to make that comparison, but there are there are games that sharpens your mind uh, and sharpens your coaching uh, uh, aspiration, desire, wh- whatever you want to phrase it. And there are games that you're like, wow, like, can maybe I should call Graham Welsh, the CEO of the UPS, and say we need a, a division one in our conference that way we can move these bottom teams into that division and keep these five six teams together so the games can be a little more. I don't care if we do home and away, you still get yeah. the same ten games. Um, anyways, again, I'm not, I'm a disruptor, but disruptor for good. <laughs> so so a, a couple of points there. Um, I think I have three total points just to kind of go off what you said there. You know, I think if you go back to the interview that we did on this podcast with Austin Bruder from Midwest Hooligans, that's exactly what he talked about. He wants Kentucky, Tennessee to have a, uh, premier and then the division one league. Right. So, you know, and, and Midwest. They're not doing the very best this year. Like, if we had a promotion and relegation. Well. No, they, we played them off. They did. They were incredible. Yeah, and then they just fell flat. How, like, we played them, and I told them after the game, we, well, I think we're going to beat them 2-1. Like, it was a fun game. Like, they were organized. They were structured. They came out of play. Like, I was impressed with everything. And I, I told the guys, I said, listen, every game this year is going to be like this. Like, yeah, you are the team to beat. You know, and I was really impressed with that setup. I even told their coach and the, some of their, uh, their staff um, and some of their team members, I was like, guys, amazing game. Like, sorry you lost, but, like, if you do that against every team in the conference, we'll see you guys in the playoff. Uh, well, that's not going to happen. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> um, but, you know, a second point that you made there, talking about the uh, MLS teams um, playing in the UPSL, I don't quite know how much of that I'm honestly, I'm surprised that St. Louis got a team in because I believe the MLS is such a focus on MLS Next and MLS Next Pro that I I don't quite know how they have these teams in like the UPSL and stuff like that. And that may just come down to a lack of knowledge on my part of what constitutes those teams and how they're they're formed and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Um, I I just know that the I'm only telling you what I know from the lenses that I have on, right? Uh, I can tell you that the St. Louis team, it's a well-coached team. They're a great organization. Um, and I enjoy having them in our conference, right? Because the game Same. is competitive, right? Um, I don't know what all it takes to have such a team uh, in our conference. Uh, but, you know, um, if it's doable, I would love to see a Nashville team in our conference. I would yeah. love to see Cincinnati in our conference. Oh uh, I, I just trips to Nashville so much more entertaining as opposed I mean, to like blowing out Coptic or Nashville now, you know, to those teams. Not sorry. You know what I mean? Like for me personally, I, I think it's it as someone that came here years ago as a refugee to see young people compete. That's what soccer is back home for us. Yeah, it's not really much of an age thing. It's it's ability based. <laughs> it's ability yep. based. You know, um, yeah. So I would love to see more and more kids. Um, yeah, play against adults as early as possible. Obviously, fine print or disclaimer. Uh, yeah, um, safely. You just yeah, safely. Make sure that it's 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 appropriate. Like, uh, uh, um, are they technically, tactically there to be able to compete at that level? Uh, are they are they physically developed enough to be at that level? You know, so all those things needs to be taken into account. But if it is there, like the St. Louis team, um. Yeah, why not Cincinnati? Why not Nashville SC? I, I I think it's beneficial to these these young guys. Now, obviously not the MLS next team or the other team that you mentioned, but if there's a U19 or U20 team that could compete in the 
I see based on where I'm at and what I'm seeing, the, the, the knowledge of what I've experienced, I think it's it's a win for those young players and it's a win for teams like the other MLS next and the better half of the table because it, I mean, iron's still shop on iron. Yep. When I play St. Louis, uh, City FC, best believe that I'll pay attention to who they play last and what they did. I will. Do you know why? Because they are they're, they're a team that you have to respect at that level. Right. There are some teams in the league when I see the calendar, no disrespect to them. Like, the we rest guys. now. We rest. We rest, guys. We do. It's just not, I mean, like Popu, he's not played a single game in the last four or five games. I mean, he's like, am I still playing? Yeah, you are. You can keep training. <laughs> but for him, you know, he's a little bit older, you know, just trying to get him rested up for the playoffs. That's understandable. Yeah, but if, if the games were, like the St. Louis game, he played, that was the last game he played for us. If the games were that yeah, caliber. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I, we don't want him taking minutes from guys that are also working hard that don't get to play that much in the postseason. It just makes, it, it, again, we talk about culture and values and, and vision and all these strategies that we have in place. The guys understand that when the postseason starts, the way you get minutes from the guys that I know can produce is by showing in the regular season. So when you do get those minutes, <laughs> maximize it to show that you can perform when the big band starts. Because if you can't perform in the dance hasn't started, you haven't been consistent at training, mastering your craft at the UPSL level. Yeah, you can magically think all you want that I can help you win games in the playoff, but it's not going to happen. You can't flip a switch. No, you got to be working towards it. You have to work towards it. Gift, last thing I kind of want to talk about with you here. You mentioned it, and that was the last point I wanted to make. New name, new branding. All kinds of stuff coming up. Uh, Tennessee Tempo FC for the Academy, and then recently announced a UPSL team um, for next year. What is the future of Tennessee Tempo? Yeah, so Tennessee Tempo uh, is our new name. Uh, the Academy took on that name uh, at the conclusion of the regular season this past spring. Uh, May 1st was when that announcement came out. Uh, when we started uh, this time last year, we started with three teams uh, in the Academy. Uh, we are after a year of being around. I believe we have eight on eight teams now. Uh, we just concluded tryouts. We yeah, we have eight teams. We've got uh, a free academy, um, a U nine, a U eleven, U twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Uh oh, we've got a great staff. But you, you glitched out after U9, 10, 11, it glitched out. What was that? 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. And um, we're still working on the 17 at the moment, meaning that invites went out after the uh, the last makeup date. But um, if the 17 doesn't make, I mean, we've still more than doubled from where we started last year. Um, and then we have obviously the first team. Uh, the goal would be to bring back our women's team next summer. And then with uh, potential a U23, uh, U23 team uh, in the UPSL, hopefully in that Division One uh, spot that we just talked about. So uh, in an attempt to help build that division, that conference uh, of a Division One, I would love to see uh, Tennessee Temple have a, um, uh, a a team in that Division One to support it. Yeah, and you know I think you all as 
outgoing Beeman have done a lot of great things and have really elevated this conference. You know, and I thought about this earlier when you were talking, I'm at set. Uh, when you think about UPSL conferences, not just teams, when you think of overall conferences, I think you all have helped elevate this conference to a similar level of the Georgia League that's really competitive, the Florida League, the Texas League, the California League. And that's really rare for this area of the country, right? This is true. You know, I did, I, so I played after college, I played PDL and I played uh, NPSL. Um, and I, except for the team that in, in conjunction with our ownership, uh, Pedro Reyes and Richie Asti, that we went to the final four of the NPSL, I don't remember the last time a team, a men's team from this region has done what Tennessee Temple has done, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was reminded of that when we beat Georgia our first season. And the guys, because we played with and against some of those guys in tournaments, uh, and one of the guys that I, I know fell in was said, Gift. This is the first time since I've been playing that a team from Tennessee is able to beat a team from Georgia. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? He said it again. And then when we uh, beat the team from Florida, uh, one of the guys that was on the coaching staff said, coach, we didn't think you guys were going to beat us because, again, <laughs> no, t- no team from Tennessee has made it this far before. Yeah. You know, Queen City. We were down 3-0 to Queens- Queensboro uh, in the, the semifinals. Mm-hmm. I mean, similar statement. So... Again, all that goes back to our, our, our mission, vision, and core values that we put together. And that's the same thing that's driving us to today. Um, it's really fun to see the work that the guys put in behind the scenes. Um, I'm going to pause here and say this, not to, I hate to do this, Jimmy, but there are guys that don't get to play very much, but are still training and only play, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes max, some games, maybe over the course of games. I mean... If you ever get to watch this, and I hope I say this enough to that group of guys, and you guys know who you are, we wouldn't be where we are today without your energy, your passion, your dedication, showing up in training. Sacrifice. Your sacrifice. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it. This we're not here just because gift. Oh my gosh, gift is blah blah blah. No, like there are a lot of people that are working behind, and my my mom praying, uh, family members praying, um, people that support us. Like there, there's all a team behind this team, um, you know, and you'll see more of that, especially coming into the fall season, if not in this postseason, especially now that we've got using our, our academy. Um, I think uh, I, my hat goes off to every one of those group of players that, whether they know they're going to play or not going to play, they were still at work, working hard, trying to master their craft with hope of getting their chance. And when they do get their chance, uh, after the regular season, it didn't quite come back as much in the postseason, but you came back the next season, you came back the next season. That's impressive. Uh, my, yeah. We wouldn't be here without that group. Yeah. yeah. Well, Giff, I'll get you out of here on this last question. Where can people follow up with all things Beeman slash Tennessee Tempo? The current site we have, uh, Beeman, will come to an end um, at the completion of this UPSL season. Uh, Tennessee Tempo, um, uh, is where you'll find us. Uh, our Instagram hashtag is Tennessee Temple. Uh, everything is Tennessee. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Um, yeah, everything is all Tennessee Temple moving forward. So if you're looking for anything Tennessee Temple, come to TennesseeTempleFC.com. Uh,